Joe Duffield tells us we are in danger on this first Sunday of Lent. I'll switch over, John. We are in danger on this first Sunday of Lent. Here's her, here's her words for that. Every first Sunday of Lent, I get reminded of the perils of our baptismal calling. The Spirit descends, God speaks, and then almost immediately, before we're even dried off, the devil makes a counteroffer. Wouldn't you prefer a shortcut to resources and power? Don't you want to be affirmed by the masses afforded status and special treatment? Doesn't a guarantee of no pain and suffering sound good to you? Beloved child of God is good, but invincibility and limitless wealth, isn't that a whole lot better? We love our privilege and our power. We teach our children about success, telling them to work hard so they can gain these very things. We idolize those who've achieved it. The self-help sections of our bookstores, once physical and now largely online, are populated by many tomes written by successful people telling us how we can live like them and be like them if we will just follow their advice. The Gospels do prevent us, present us with a dangerous challenge. We claim to be people of font and cross, but so often we pursue power and privilege because of the security and the comfort that they provide us. And not just as individuals. Douglas John Hall points out the church gives in to these temptations as well very quickly. For example, the close alignment with political powers practiced by Christians from Constantine well into the modern times. Or if we think about it on a more local level, the way churches will cut mission spending as a way to balance budgets. We love reading the gospel stories about healing and feeding and deliverance from evil where there's all this power displayed but it is striking that both at the beginning of Jesus' ministry and the penultimate chapter of his ministry, there are no miracles, no power, and no control. In the wilderness, we see a starving man who refuses to display any miraculous power. On Calvary, we see a, bitten, a beaten, thirsty man who's dying and a future that awaits us all the final loss of power. Will Jesus call us as individuals and as a church to release our hold on power and privilege? Have we already faced those temptations and failed? Are we already too far gone, hopelessly entangled in the tempter's snare? Let's take those questions in the reverse order. No, we are not too far gone. The tempter does not have us trapped ready for the kill. This amazing message of the gospel that we hear week after week, the reason we enter into the Lenten journey is because we have hope. We're following a savior who did indeed refuse to exercise power and privilege, except for those moments when the Spirit guided him to do so. 
The Savior who began his ministry and ended his life with the abdication of privilege and power did so to give us new life. His refusal to be trapped gives us freedom. His speaking the truth to the tempter exposed the falseness of those temptations, shows us how to live. Jesus' baptism and Jesus' moments of abdication of power are grace-filled events that destroy the hold of sin and tear open the nets that would trap us. Yes, we have faced those temptations and failed, often miserably. Denying it is foolishness and needless, and it is even giving in to those temptations again. To deny our failure is to step off the temple and expect everyone to see us fly. But there's no floating down through the air. There's not even a coyote cartoon moment where we stand frozen in the air before we look down and realize we've stepped into nothing. When we falsely claim we are not people who grasp power and privilege, we step into thin air and accelerate at 9.8 meters per second squared, or for the non-metric fans, 32 feet per second squared towards destruction. Heard a wonderful expression this week. Tell the truth, shame the devil. The saying has roots as far back as 1555, according to a website I found called The Phrase Finder. Shakespeare actually put these words in the mouth of Sir Henry Percy, who's also known as Hotspur. And I can teach thee, cuz, to shame the devil by telling the truth. Tell the truth and shame the devil. If thou have power to raise him, bring him hither, and I'll be sworn I have power to shame him hence. Oh, while you live, tell truth and shame the devil. The person I heard use the expression this week was an amazing woman named Courtney Brown. She is the Family Partnership Director for the East Central Ohio Habitat for Humanity. She leads the efforts to prepare family partners in Canton and the surrounding counties for home ownership. They have a 2% default rate on mortgages while being in the top 40 habitats for house builds. So clearly they're doing something right. One of the focal points of their education is teaching people how to be honest with themselves so they can avoid mistakes they've made in the past and make better choices in the future. That's a lesson we could all use. We need to be honest with ourselves. We do have plenty of privileges. We do try to protect those privileges, sometimes even abusing our power to do so. And saying, well, there are others who have far more privilege and power than I do. That's just another cover. When we deny the many blessings that fill our lives, we're denying our place of privilege and power that comes with it. What privileges do we enjoy? We have bread aplenty, never having to face the possibility of wondering what stones might taste like. 
We live in a fairly safe society. The reason that reports of workplace violence and school place shootings shock us is because they are still out of the ordinary, even with the rise we've seen. And while it's more than true that some of us suffer many ailments, we do have an abundance of the blessings of health in our culture. That's the reason this pandemic threat of the coronavirus scares us so much is because we have not seen anything like this in our country for about a century. And the millions lost in the stock market this past week scare us because we're blessed enough to have something to lose. Privilege tempts us to abuse power, to protect what we have, sharing meagerly with others because there might not be enough to go around. We think to ourselves, let others work out if stone can turn to bread. God calls us to release our privilege and our power by sharing what we have with others. The worldwide coronavirus scare, I pray, turns out to be a needless panic. We've seen those before. But it may turn out to be something very real and widespread. We may find ourselves with dealing with things like banning public events. And that would be an impact to the churches, obviously. We may find store shelves empty. We may find those suffering with chronic health conditions, wondering if they'll be able to get their life-saving meds. We may find many people out of work for a time because of the shuttering of restaurants, closing of schools, shutting down of businesses. If this possible wilderness challenge becomes real, God will call us to find ways to share, to give to others sacrificially and even dangerously, to surrender our privilege and our power. Some of it, you know, may be as simple as extra phone calls. That's an easy one. Some of it may be organizing in creative ways to ensure that those who don't have enough get enough. The privileges that we enjoy could well become life-saving for others. There are things we can do to prepare. I'm going to ask our elders at our March meeting to consider what we should be doing together as a church. Some of that will focus on practical questions that all organizations have to face. But we also need to consider what it means to be witnesses in this time. What resources can we share, not just with those who are close neighbors, but around the world with those who have far less than we do? What ways can we support local groups and healthcare workers who will work to relieve suffering and bring healing? How can we show love to our neighbors? Deacons, you don't meet till April, but it'll be a good time still, I think, to have that conversation. We as Christians living in the world can do so much to prepare on our own as well. I know families are already having these kinds of conversations with each other. Plenty of folks are stockpiling. We need to also consider our neighbors, though, those right around us, particularly those who are infirmed or those who don't have family. It'll truly become a chance to practice the commandment to love neighbor as self. We can ensure our neighbors are safe, have enough to eat, get what they need to, go, to, uh, to keep going if there are medical issues. 
And yes, and yes, that might mean at times we will place ourselves a little closer than we might find comfortable to folks who are suffering. And if our prayers are answered, and if this turns out to just be a big panic, and we've seen those before, then even if we've already done all that, the wonderful thing is we will have strengthened bonds in our community. You know, I mentioned earlier how we teach our children to pursue the very things we find difficult to surrender and the things that God asks us to surrender. But it's part of the reason we teach our children about these. We teach them to be wise stewards, to be educated, to learn skills that can, yes, result in privilege and power. We do that so when the moment comes that there are folks in need, we and they can surrender our privilege and our power and show people that we truly are followers of the one who did this very thing. The church has approached this table throughout the centuries in all sorts of circumstances, many that are much more challenging than what we face today. God meets us here just as God has always met the church in this place. Here we find our privileged challenge and we are granted God's grace. Here we find our abuse of power exposed and forgiveness for how we have harmed others. Here we find freedom from the tempter's snare and God grants us the gift of love so we can share that with others. Here we're given bread for the journey that will sustain us to Jerusalem, to Calvary, and then beyond to the empty tomb. Here we meet the one who gives us privilege and power so that we can find salvation. Here we meet Jesus, who invites us, who calls us to give up privilege and power and become a blessing for others. Amen.